Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Unstoppable with me, your host, Kerwin Ray, and we are starting off with a bang. Today, we are going to be diving deep and wide into the huge teeth whitening sensation brand High Smiles and the two gentlemen behind it, Nick and Alex, and their story is one of absolute amazement. They have grown this business from $20,000 when they started to $60 million in just three short years, and the secret to their success has been influencer marketing. They have worked with such influencers as Conor McGregor, Kylie Jenner, Kendall Jenner, just to name a few. We're going to be talking about not only influencer marketing, but how they deal with failure, how they create discipline, and what their pick is when it comes to work ethic or talent. There is so much value in this one. You guys are going to have your ears bleeding by the end of it. Stay tuned. Listen up. Here we go. Kerwin, thanks Thank for having you. us. Nah, it's great to have you guys here. Now, uh, you guys have kind of come out of nowhere. And I've got, to, I've got to say, like, I literally, you guys only came to my radar last year. And okay. what got you on my radar was uh, the, the promo you did with Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, literally, I was like, how the fuck did this? Because you know, <laughs> it was quite raw. Yeah. Like, the video still was quite raw. Yeah. You know, it was quite uh, gorilla. I'll call it gorilla style. And I was like, wow, this is... Uh, this is quite interesting, and then I started doing a little bit of uh, you know a little bit of research, and I saw you boys pop up on the on the uh, you guys are on the rich under forty list. Yeah, yeah the AFR yeah. list. Yeah, that's mate, that's a pretty good feat. Mm. What, did you, what number did you boys hit on that? 40, 40, 40, we're around the 40s. We we're 47th on the list, I think. Yeah, fuck, fuck number 46. Honestly, he's a pretender. <laughs> he's a fraud, I'm telling exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, to do that in such a short period of time, because you boys only launched your business in 2014, 14, December, yeah, right? December yeah. 2014. And this year, your revenues are going to be, if you don't mind me asking, is that a sensitive t- Is that a no, sensitive No, no, we're aiming for about 60 million this year. 60 million this year. That's fucking mad mm. so to go from I believe you started with a $20,000 investment yep correct yeah. 10000 okay. each and that was in December 2014 what are we now 2018 so that's like fucking three years yeah and you've gone from zero to 60 million bucks that's fucking superhuman in itself where did it start? How did it, how did it all happen? I want to know. <laughs> so so basically myself and Alex were sitting at a family dinner um, and we were just discussing all things sort of business life, marketing, advertising in particular and branding. Um, we're always obsessed with brands, big brands in particular. So you boys have been friends for a while? Yeah, family yeah. friends for 10 years. Yeah, right. Um, and yeah, we're just discussing things and we're looking how influencers were pushing products on Instagram, pushing different products. And that sort of caught our attention and sparked a bit of talk between us. And lo and behold, we sort of discussed industries and then... After a bit of chatter, we realized there was a lack of brand in the oral hygiene, oral cosmetic game. So we thought, okay, if we can get the right connections, we can hit up the right people and put enough work and create an actual brand that stood for something. That's where we can sort of penetrate the market. That's pretty fucking smart because when you think about it, like teeth whitening, it's everywhere. It's a, it's been a big game for a long time. Definitely. But you're 100 percent right. There was no dominant brand. There was no dominant player in the market. Not brand. Not yeah. not a brand that people actually like wanted to associate resonate them. with. Yeah, resonate let's or be honest, associate We don't resonate with, with Colgate. No. Absolutely. Like, it's convenient, and they're in the stores. They've got yeah. that thing to them, but they're not a brand that you love and emotionally can connect. And that's you nailed it right so, there. Because when you think of Colgate, like I literally think of a cardboard box with like three different colors on it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I don't think of a feeling. I don't think of an emotion. Yeah. Uh, and if I was to go even further, they'll probably hate me for this. You know, I think of you know toxic waste that you're putting in your mouth to <laughs> exactly. you know, make it and smell better. Fifty different toothpaste, exactly, which is telling you something in itself. Yeah, what's each one counteracting or selling or doing? They're not really congruent with the, what they're doing. They're just trying to dominate shelf space. Exactly, and, and this is the thing. So what we figured out was these brands are making products for the supermarkets. They're not making it for the customer or the end customer. Yeah. So we've reinvented how do we 
essentially distribute our products direct to the customer and make products for the customer and brand it and make it something that people actually want to associate themselves with. So that's sort of been what we've done for the last three years. And I hate to say this, but it's on one hand it's ingenious, but on the other other hand I'm just going, fuck, why didn't someone else see it? (laughs) And again, it's not my space, I wouldn't play there, but it's just like, fuck, why didn't someone see this sooner? But there's still so many markets and And companies and brands that still operate like that and you just have to find that that's... And I think that's what's interesting for anyone because a lot of people listen and go, oh, zero to 60. I could never do that. But all you really did, all you did is you did some basic reconnaissance. Okay, what industries are there right now? What products are there right now where there's no real brand representation? There's no emotional hooks. Exactly. And there are literally hundreds of top businesses right now that are lining up at the guillotine. Yeah. Because the couple of young punks like you are going to come into their industry and are going to completely fuck them up. Do you know what what it is? It's their biggest strength that is their biggest weakness. Yeah. It's a fact that they have this monopoly and they have the shop space yeah. and they to occupy so much that's actually killing them. They don't have to constantly bring new things to yeah. the table. And that's, that's what okay. we see. In so zero to 60 million, three years, stupendously impressive, mm. no doubt, superhuman feat. But what I'm curious to know is, okay, what's the background? Because there's, you know, obviously I'm mm-hmm. in the education space. You know, mm-hmm. I started buying building selling business almost 20 yep, years yep. ago. I worked out I was relatively good at it, friend touring for a little while. But what I've worked out is I can give two people the same information and one person will go and make tens of millions of bucks mm. and the other person will sit there and bitch and moan and say, ah, mm. it doesn't work. Yeah. And what I've discovered is, you know, it's n- it rarely comes down to the idea. It really yeah. comes down to the idea. It always comes down to the, you know, to the guy with the real estate, the six inches between his head mm. that's been developed for a period of time and it's like that, it's the timing meets opportunity meets yeah. it, fuck the luck shit, right? <laughs> and then boom. So mm. I want to know your I, backgrounds. For me personally, in terms of what I think gives me that is... I've never been interested in scratchies, raffle tickets, oh. betting. I've never been interested in anything that contained luck. Never, never, ever, ever. Not just since this business started, but never have. I've never entertained. If someone said, oh, if someone could give you a million dollars, I truly can honestly say I wouldn't want to accept it because I know it wouldn't benefit me. Money isn't what drives me. It's, I am the most competitive human being you've ever met. <laughs> I love competing Hands from down. a little, from a young age. It was. You're I, a soccer player, right? Yeah, I yeah, played, right. yeah so I've. I still play it now, yeah. but I obviously took it more seriously in the, the younger days. But my father from since I was one would always compete with me and would never let me win. So just constantly pushing me, whether he did it on purpose or whether yeah. that was just his competitive nature too, because I think that's the way I'd raise my kids too, just because that's the way I am. But whether we were wrestling from a young age, he would all, never make it easy for me. It would always make it difficult. And the, uh, the, that instilled two things. That instilled competitive, the competitive nature and the will and want to win. Also thinking that I wasn't as good as I actually think I am. Like while I could be beating the kids my age, but it kept me humble and always knew there was a bigger picture in sight. So running the marathon. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk actually talks about exactly the same thing. He talks about playing um, uh, foosball or basketball with his young son, and he's like, he refuses to let him win no matter how (laughs) upset the kid gets because he goes, I want him to. You're ingraining that winning mentality. Because that's what's required. In business, it does not have to happen more than business like yeah. it's super critical because one it's of the things that, and you probably know this from sport yeah. and I want to find out more about your background in a minute as well but you know life's tough god yeah it, and that's the reality of the situation and it's tough for everyone mm. everyone's story is different mm. but unique you know it comes down to the individual and how they develop their relationship with failure exactly. you know what yeah. does failure yeah. mean to you so you come from a background because you, you went and churned with the Celts yeah the Celts. I was with um, Celtic over in Celtic Scotland Spark. so right. I had a lot of rejection throughout my my sort of football soccer career like career um, from a young age I played for a number of different teams some were the winning teams teams yeah. that went through undefeated some were teams that won two or three games in the season 
and I stuck to the game and I stuck to the team and I st- stuck through it all. So having the grit and determination to be there when the side's not so good, yeah. playing up a year, playing against a better better opposition but not playing in the best side to playing in the best teams, I've had it all. So I've had the pat on the back and also the kick in the ass because yeah. my family, like my my grandfather would never, if I scored three goals, there was always the negative aspect, which for some people... The critique. Yeah, the critique. Yeah. For some people can't handle that. But for me, because I think I had enough of the positive from my grandmother and enough of the negative from my yeah, grandfather, that it was balanced. So yeah. in my mind, now when I do something, naturally, I don't need someone to tell me, I'll pat myself on the back for a second, but then straight away kick myself in the ass because it doesn't matter how well you're going, like you said, turning over $60 million, there's always something you can do to be better yeah. or to take it to the next level. And that's the excitement of business and the grit that keeps you going. So yeah, I think cool. that's the... So what's your background, Alex? Um, so... Straight out of school, I, I did six months of university and I was just in university and there was something deep in me that I was just hungry to. You did the business to. degree, right? You were did, studying, yeah, yeah, yeah. The right. commerce um, and international business degree and it was just coming to me that whatever we're learning now is not forward thinking. It's not thinking, okay, what's happening five, ten years yeah, in, right. in advance? And I'm just – and for me, I was always very critical of why successful businesses were successful and others weren't in the same scope and why certain businesses that had monopolies just – didn't succeed and I and I was always able to understand why and I was just hungry and I, I knew straight into business I wasn't learning more of that yeah. I was sort of learning unproductive ways of the color red makes you sell more like what things that, that are not yeah, yeah but things that are not relevant to me just putting my teeth into it and being a hundred percent dedicated to it have you, have you read do you guys like reading books yeah Jim definitely. Collins you read anything by Jim Collins um not if I, you I, like the comparison stuff great by choice okay it's a comparison uh, over like 20 30 years yeah companies that 10x the market okay. and the ones that didn't yeah, yeah. Uh, and the absolute case that is they're the thing that's yeah. what I like sink my teeth in I've always just what naturally, is the fundamental difference exactly but I'm curious to know like yeah there's got to be a level of there must have been a, a discipline that you involved yourself in at some point like were you involved in sport were you yeah involved always in I was always since since I was very very young always in sport and always just like I had to always had deep in me I had to be whatever it is yep. and this is how my parents have always met, raised me whatever it is they didn't really say I had to do this or that but whatever it is I have to be the best at it yeah, and right. I have to push myself to be the best at it so because, what was the sport that you um, I played football and I played um Aussie rules, a- AFL. AFL, yeah. Yeah, right. so I played AFL when I was really young, between 12 and 16. Yep. Um, excelled at that, loved that. And then for me, I, we're of European background and I just love football. I loved um, watching football and I found that was where my interest was. So I played a bit of football, um, loved it, but sport, it just wasn't for me. And then yeah. from from there, I was really into like academics and and into books and all, all different things like that. And then that's when I went to university and I just – I went out with one understanding and when I was there, it was completely different. Yeah, and right. That's where six months in, I, I had to have that. So for my, for me, my parents were very big on, okay, university means a lot. And, yeah. and by all means, it does. Absolutely. If there's fundamental. or a lawyer. Yeah, absolutely. But for me, it wasn't. Yeah. And if for you, you have to reassess yourself on an individual level. What do you want to be in? Yeah. And it, it was all fine. But, I, but my mum put one moral in me when I said, I want to leave uni. Yeah. If you leave, you be a hundred percent concrete what you want to do and make something from yourself from today. Yeah, right. Not to just leave and hope for, the best. hope for the best. It's never hope for the best. You go and you grind and you find what you do, what you love. So that's so when is, has discipline played a theme in your life? Enormously, yeah, enormously. Because what's really interesting, uh, nineteen ninety two, uh, Forbes magazine did a, a study. Like they went back like fifty years of the top top CEOs, the top 95% of CEOs, sorry, top 5% of CEOs of Fortune 500 companies for like 50 years and they discovered that there were three traits. 
either had a background in either professional competitive sports over time, mm-hmm. uh, military, yeah. uh, or martial arts for extended periods of time, which is that oh, fundamental, yeah. right? Absolutely. That discipline. And so that's from why I was a young surprised. age. Yeah. For me, like, with the football, like, I took that so seriously. I would wake up, as soon as I got my P's, I think I was 17 or 16 or 17, and I would drive at 3.30, I'd be there at 4 a.m. at an underground car park when it's pitch black. They had a light, like a BWS on the Gold Coast in Burley, yeah, right. an underground car park, and I'd kick the ball against the wall there because no one was there. So I'd just be able to kick the ball against the wall, finish by from 4 till about 6, go home, have a shower, eat, go to school. So I'd make sure like wherever I was, I wanted to kick the ball. And I think that's, fun, that's, that's the difference between someone that can make something work and someone that mm-hmm. can't. Cause everyone, cause, and this is what I say, Paul, you know, who's read a book to learn how to make more money before? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, everyone. <laughs> who's, who's been to a seminar to learn how to make more money before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck are you still here? Mm-hmm. Because something's missing and it all comes down to me, it's that six inches between your ears. Mm-hmm. But let's, let's, let's take a, a flip back to the business yep. for a second. You guys got a great history, competitive, high levels of discipline. You know, the parents instilled to you that you have to win regardless. Uh, but what I'm curious to know is you approach this business strategically from the beginning you didn't just go oh you know mm. let's just get into dental oral hygiene because there's no major brand there. but you and I, I listened to what you said you said yeah. we started looking at influencer marketing yeah and we're looking at you know the different opportunities that were available so what was it that made you click on to influencer marketing why it was a good way to get someone rather than the brand pushing the voice it was a good way to get someone else pushing the voice for the brand People. Yeah, right. and getting that to the mass market and connecting and having there's a chance someone's friends with that person. They're testing the product out. They're going to tell them about it. Plus, they're going to post it to their following. And the more people you have doing that, it just makes sense. It gets out there quicker. Um, especially at the time that we did it, there weren't as many brands flooding the feed. And we did it in a tactical way. It wasn't like the brands that are now making it so obvious that it's a sponsored post or that the product's been sent to them. Actually get them to review it. Yeah. Some people leave negative reviews. Make sure your product is good first and foremost, and they won't leave a negative re- review. They'll love the experience, and they'll share that with their following. So I think that's a key to it too. Because it's almost like the modern day joint venture, isn't it? Like mm. where there's a mm. there's a mutually beneficial scenario mm. uh, in exchange for you know some form of endorsement or promotion. Exactly. Definitely. So I, I'm curious to know. You started with twenty grand, mm-hmm. okay? Um, who was your first big influencer? So our first big influencer. So this was prime time when Big Brother was on. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. This was I think it was. The last season of Big Brother? Yeah. Could have been, yeah. Um, and Hope it is. So, we, so, <laughs> so before that, to quickly so, pave the way, if we just went and got the first Big Brother, it would not have worked as well as what it, it did. So first what we did, we hit up, we got our product to probably three, 400 people within the first month. Let's, we just, ha- we know, we knew from the start. Influencers or influencers, customers? Right. Influencers. We knew it's a numbers game. So first let's get this to absolutely everybody that we possibly can share your thoughts about this product because we believed it so much so i want to break this down so okay you didn't go into these people and go look if you promote my product i'm going to give you some cash no you literally said here's a free product and this is a difference that i'm finding with businesses yeah. that are coming saying tell me about influencer marketing who's the best who's not and i have one i have one thing to say you have to hit up absolutely every single person you can for the first six months and literally treat it as though they are going to build your brand. And what I find is that they do 50, they do 100, they, they just communicate and they say, oh, I've done it, I've started, and straight away you just sense that they're not doing it 100%. You yeah. have to dedicate, if you want to do influence, influencer marketing, the same way if you want to do anything, 
you have to do it a hundred percent. So we, yeah, so we went all in. We we said, okay, let's just go a hundred percent. When we got to three hundred, let's get to a thousand. When we get to it, we now we now probably have Most people five thousand influencers. You guys hit three hundred yeah. influencers we in have, the first few in, months. We've probably had twenty thousand influencers work with high smile can i get this clear this is you're giving the product to them for free not now it's it, back in the early back days. in the early days yeah. it was for free and and every now and then some would say give us a price and we'll review it would put that slightly to the side for yeah. that month two okay. or month three when it then made sense to pay people to then start getting the reward but we saw the first two three months was brand building yeah, right. at that time we had um the big brother went um, so of those 300, there were some big brother people in there. So there was two big brother. Yep. First one was Sky Wheatley yep. and Aisha Jade. Right. So Sky Wheatley was the first one. So how it happened, Sky Wheatley first posted and we saw instantly people were to the website and that's when sales started really ticking through. Yeah, right. So we had that built base of 300 who sparked, what's this? What's high small? We were very tactical to package the product very intelligently to spark an interest. Yep. No one boxed uh, teeth widening kit. No one made it appealing. So we had, we knew what we were doing it. So we did that. It succeeded. We got uh, Sky Wheatley and then we got straight away. We saw Sky Wheatley was, there was attention there. She has a core group of people who loved everything she did. Aisha Jade also. So we got her review this product. And from then that's when it's really started to grow and build from there. So what point did you then, cause that's really fucking smart. I've got to say, but at what point did you get to the, the level where the revenue mm. met the demand, but also the profitability it actually. Made, and yeah. Well, like it made sense and we started baking. Yeah. Making back. Cause, cause a lot of people go, well, fuck, I don't know. How long can I afford to do that before I, you know, before I correct, go broke? Correct. Yeah. Well for us, our strategy worked well because we were quick to adapt. It wasn't like, let's send it to 300 people. It was like, okay, a few people would post week one, week yep. two, week three, and we'd adapt the strategy of the posting style and things like that on the move. We weren't lazy with it. You've got to stay on your toes and constantly adapt. So I'd say probably eight months in, yep. we really started to realize um, that we could be profitable with this. And what were the platforms, the major platforms? Was Instagram. it just Facebook, Instagram? Just, just Instagram. Just, at the start. At the very beginning, just, it was just yeah, Instagram. Instagram. Right. But you guys have, I love it. Like I've checked you out. Obviously, yeah. Facebook. You Our guys are, Facebook is huge. You guys on the dominant. ad platform, there's no one that really has looked and delved as deep as what we could with the Facebook ad platform. Yeah, right. And it's second but also to your none. organic does quite well as well, from what I've seen. Unless are you, You're not sponsoring every post, are you? We, we sponsor majority of our posts. But yeah, right. organically... Even it, the, the funny shit. Uh, the the funny stuff we've sort of tailored back on the funny stuff. Yep. Um, but yeah, we would put a little bit of budget to it. Yeah, right. Just because you sort of need to give it a little kick. Yep. Just to give it that that sort of extra bit. So of did you guys ever post. sit back and wait to see what posts would move? No. You just would we kick we it. kick it straight away, and that's the other thing. We move so quickly. We're quick to go, but we're quick to pull back. We're so, so we're, reactive. We're, re- we're really quick. So how long did it take before you guys were actually making profit? Um, I'll probably say six months in, but six then months. straight away with that profit. It wasn't profit and say, hey, you know what? Well done. Like it was that is going straight back. Boom. We, and this is Drop a the thing. Drop the fucking mic. We can finish the interview <laughs> right there. Because again, that's where most people fuck it exactly. up. Exactly. Right? This like so. This is the thing. And when businesses come and say advice, advice, it's like, okay, first six months you have to be very comfortable to just look to build brand, react, 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 build, 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 and don't look back. Just look forward and, and constantly move. The other key thing I think with a business is you don't. Go obviously you want to make money, but you don't go into it wanting to make money because you'll make more money in the first year working for somebody, for sure, guaranteed. First couple of years generally it takes before you can actually start making good money from it if you do it well. But you don't go into business originally unless you've got a passion behind something within that business that's going to drive you and push you through the grip. Because event at the start you're putting your own money towards it. 
So you're not going to have that the luxuries of driving the nice car and all these fancy things that people see um, some of the entrepreneurs and business owners appreciating living now. They sort of see where they're at now, but they don't see the hard work that they went through and living sort of eating takeout meals, eat, um, sleep, going to bed at almost midnight, waking up at 3 a.m., then having to work again. So working off like three, four hours sleep and then constantly and not make repeat, And at the repeat. start, not, not making, making money. money. So this is the thing. You have to love, like this is what I'm saying, you have to love it. Yeah. And live it yeah. to be to actually then make because what's going to happen? You're going to be challenged out of your ass for the first six months in a year. You're not going to love it. You're not going to have the lavish things. But what will happen once? I you love it. Who says six months a year? Like my talk track is five to ten years for sure. <laughs> but you guys have but clearly us, fucking broken did, them up. We real. did like. 14, 15 hour, like I'm saying, if you want you to like go as fast as you can and I, six months to a year, that's fa- like you said, fast. That, yeah. It does not happen for yeah. the general person. But even then, it's still, you're putting back in and you're just looking to build this machine. And I don't think people realize how money fucks them up. Got like it. the yeah. focus on money. Got yeah. It. Yeah. And you've only got to go to social psychology, Carol Dweck's work, yeah. Dan Pink's work, Chick Me, Semi High. You know, they've discovered through enormous levels, like 40, 50 years, mm. 60 years worth of research, the people that focus on money are eight times more likely to engage in deceit, deception, and fraud-related behaviours. Exactly. Okay, but also they're six times more likely to experience stress-related illness. Mm. Oh, yeah. Now, the focus on money, it actually fucks people's up. It narrows mm. their perspective. Mm. Definitely. But also when you guys explain, now the first six, 18 months, you're not going to be making money. If that's mm. your focus, you'll be depressed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and if, you won't think clearly. If that's your focus, Boom. then you're failing. Yeah. Because your objective is to make money. First six to 18 months, you've, you've failed because you haven't made money. So at what so. point did you guys go, fuck, this is working. We need to scale. We, we saw that attention was there and we yeah. saw that like a vast like majority were interested in our yeah. brand and in our product and the way that we we're doing it. So from there, it was... It was really when once we started to scale, so we were just built like we figured and out. What does scale in, mean to you boys? Just so we're on the same, we're talking the same language. When you for talk us, about, scale meant how do we take it from an at-home business yep. to then adding staff and how can we leverage what we know? Yeah, right. And the way we did that before we started to delegate was understanding each part of the business. We didn't hand off, we didn't outsource our marketing because that was the easiest thing to do. Yeah, That's the easiest thing to do, but it's a surefire way to not understand what's truly delivering results and you can't come back to the root cause to divert things. And you can't manage it. If you don't know it, you can't manage exactly. it. Exactly. I've been involved in Facebook advertising. I know the root, how Facebook ads work and to this day I can still have a conversation with the person who runs Facebook ads in the company yep. because I understand it. Alex, same thing on the logistics side. On the cash flow side, we've touched every base so we can have conversations with everyone before we delegated. We didn't bring in the best marketer in the world. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because oftentimes people think scaling is, in some cases, just investing more in the business to make more money. Mm. Whereas the reality, what we've learned, what you've just described, scaling is putting the infrastructure, putting the talent Mm, in place. Because why do you think most people get into business? Because they want to have more freedom, Mm. which is the very thing they often sacrifice, right? (laughs) Exactly. And scale (laughs) is how do I put the things in place so I don't have to do the 15, 18 hour days. Mm. Exactly. So I'm curious to know, like, when you started to scale, because, in, and I say this most, scale equals freedom, but that's where most people fail because they don't scale. They mm. get to a point where they're making money, yeah. but they take the money off the Correct. table. They don't put it into scale. And then five years later, the industry's changed. So for how long, and you guys only been on three years, so <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredible story. But at what point did you start going, okay, maybe we'll start, you know, I know you've got the C63s, yeah. mm-hmm. great car, got one myself, <laughs> uh, stupidly fast. But at what point did you start going, okay, now we can maybe start taking a little bit of money off the table, um, you know, and not just throw everything back in? Um, it was probably, say, 18 months in. 
Yeah, eight, yeah, yeah, I'd say 18, 18, 18, months. 18 months. And relative, you guys at 18 months, what were you turning over? What did we turn On over? 18 months, it was 10? about no, third, 14. $14 million. Yeah. So not 18 months turning over $250,000 no, and now we're going to take money no. on the table. It was literally nothing. Yeah. Nothing until that 18 months. So basically living, period. just take the basic but cost of living. But you know what? Living. We were so, we're like, I don't need those things. I'm yeah. so happy with yeah. every part of my life that yeah. it's not a necessity. Yeah. That just adds to the joy and it, it's a remind. It honestly is a reminder of okay, yeah, we've achieved that so far. Let it's a small end, but let's keep moving. Like, and I, I think that's the genius. Like, because when you when you're not attached to money, you're fucking dangerous. Mm, mm. Because when you are attached to money, you're afraid of, you're, you're afraid of losing. Correct, it. God, and yeah. then you're yeah. limited to the actions. And the that moves you make as well are very different to the moves you make when you've got that freedom and you're not thinking of that. When you're thinking of pushing the business, you're okay with backing a ad campaign with a couple hundred thousand dollars or actually. Put it, testing, A-B testing. You're not just going for what's worked in the past. You're testing things that potentially haven't worked or you haven't tried before to then hopefully grow it even bigger. You, I was just thinking, you guys need like a, a turtle. You need a Johnny drama. Like you almost like <laughs> you could be the entourage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it just reminded me what we're talking about here of that saying that Vincent Chase said. He goes, mm. um, I come from nothing. Mm. And as much as I love the toys, I can really live without them. Exactly. And I think that's, and again, when you look at the way he plays out, which is obviously, you know, very much how Wahlberg mm. himself played his, yeah, his acting yeah. career. Just, he just wasn't attached. And it's not that he didn't care, it just wasn't. And it's I think there's a difference. Correct. There's a big, there's a huge difference. Like, by all means, I, lo- I love those things, but I don't, re- they don't dictate me making any decision. And I'm fine, and I'm super happy without it. But it, like, there's a, it's a fine line between relying on that and just ignoring it as though it's nothing. It's, it's neither. It's right in the middle, just being comfortable yep. with where you are right now, not making. So are you guys at the point now, and again, a personal question, mm-hmm. we, can, we can cut it if we need to. Um, are you guys at the point now where you're still heavily investing back into the business? to take? Because I know your goal is a billion-dollar business. Is that yeah, right? correct. We're st- Love it. We're Love still it. heavily, heavily invest, like investing back into the business. We very rarely take anything off yep. the table unless it's for the personal brand or putting into something else to grow. But pretty much high smiles its own machine we don't seek money from investors so you've got no investors no investors nice. oh, that's how nice is that? it's been there's been tough <laughs> tough decisions to yeah but you know what when you love this the way that you do and being yeah. sacrificing that love to then make decisions based you, on money you guys are like me you can't you, be told what to do no no absolutely you just not. you'll just you'll throw it around, but the yeah, way yeah. that we move it does not work in a way that needs approval and slows down the process like we move so quickly on like we can make a decision on the biggest ad campaign that we've ever done done in 30 minutes yeah. because we feel it and we understand that that f- works well and we move. We don't waste time ever. So you mentioned something interesting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said we feel it. Like is, is intuition, is gut instinct, is that something that's played a role in your success? That's played probably the biggest role to date. Interesting. Yeah, and literally we'll, <laughs> I'll bring this up this week. We're breaking down the brand and there was one thing that we couldn't get across. We could see an, someone would produce an ad internally. And if they haven't spent a lot of time at High Smile, they don't really understand our gut feeling. But we'll see the ad and we'll just, from just the gut, know. we'll say it's not right. But we put that into words. So basically what the words are, what the way me and Alex live our lives and the way we start any company that we were to start, not just teeth whining, is the product or the service or the brand must be simple, stylish, and an experience. So it must tick all three boxes. If it ticks two, it's not us. So that's the gut instinct, being able to now relay Measurable. that. So for us, it's always been hard. How do we scale our gut instinct? <laughs> yeah. what, but it's because that's yeah. the thing that's been so successful. Yeah. We at all times, I know if something's right or off instantly. 
But that's culture at its yeah. core. At its, but it's like, but what, that was a good two weeks of let's dig deeper. What is it that has made every decision the way that it has? And why have we been so successful up until now? What have we based every decision around? The more we dug, the more we dug. It came down to three key factors, not only the business, but how we on a personal level live our lives and do things. I always look for something very simple, very easy, very clean, convenient, stylishly done, very stylish. So the difference between the style and the not stylish is something very cheap and simple, but it needs that character, it needs style. It's like, would you give that product as a gift? Yeah. You wouldn't give Colgate as a gift. Would no. you be? No, but would you be? <laughs> There's yeah. not a chance you'll give another teeth whitening. Yeah. It would almost be an offense. Yeah. Like you need to whiten your uh, yeah. teeth. No shit. And that's adding to the I mean? style. Yeah. But now around the Christmas period, why would a teeth whitening company around Christmas go insane? There's no reason other than people are gifting this product. And you, you mentioned the stylish. You actually have a uh, an unboxing experience. Absolutely. So you've got the iPhone, and I just whispered the iPhone experience. Mm-hmm. You've created yeah. the iPhone experience for a teeth whitening mm-hmm. product. Yeah. What was the, was it a was it a was it a Steve Jobs move? Was it something that was calculated or? It was it was calculated. Absolutely. It was Apple in Apple inspired. But you look at Apple the way Apple do it. Louis Vuitton, some of the better brands. I mean, how how are their products? Why can Louis Vuitton sell a pair of sneakers no better than Nike, no better than the other brands, but they're selling theirs for. $1,200 as a comparison to 150 It's purely the experience, the service, the top to bottom. We're not trying to be Louis Vuitton as an $80 product, so we yeah. know our niche, but it's still taking inspiration from those brands and understanding what they've done. Apple, same thing. How can they charge what they charge for their products? Top to bottom, the experience. When you walk into the store, the service, the look, the feel of the product. Like I was just reading the other day, that little um, cutout on the iPhone X mm-hmm. at the top that looks imperfect was actually a strate- strategic move to differentiate it from all the other smartphones. So when app developers were creating black bars at the top to sort of block that out so the app would just play full screen, they said, no, 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 we want you to play full screen properly and that will cut it out. It may look imperfect, but that's a way that you distinguish the iPhone from yeah, any other right. phone in the market. Yeah, fucking smart. And the white, the white earphones, they're actually impractical. White gets dirty, but they realized that no one had white. So when you see white earphones yeah. in back in the day, won. it stands out. Like those old silhouette ads where you saw the white string coming down and they're dancing, that was a tactical move. They weren't trying to be the best. They are just trying to be different. Yeah. Because Stand anyone out. can be the best. Yeah. It's easy to come out and bring the next teeth whitening kit and just double the dose. Obviously, there's um, safety issues and things like that, but you can be better. You can be. You can have a better you phone. Can build than a better mousetrap. Always. Yeah. But if you're different, that's how people can't play your game. So scaling, you're talking about how do you scale intuition, which is, it's a fucking great question, but it's almost impossible because it's, it's asking someone to take all of your knowledge, all of your experience, all of your instincts and, and, and duplicate it. Not impossible, but very, very difficult yep. to do. But what I am curious to know is how have you scaled your team as a couple of young blokes yourselves? And I'm, I'm going to assume most of the people you, you hire, except for your finance team, are probably either around your age or maybe slightly older. Am I, slightly yeah. older, yeah, you're right. Is it your finance team that's slightly older? No, no, or like, yeah, around, roughly around the age and sl- like probably average at 20. Business? No, no. <laughs> you don't have any old fellas like me in the business. Okay, so how do you scale uh, a business with a bunch of young people that's been driven by young people that in most cases haven't learned, haven't had any experience in scaling business? Because I've worked with business owners that are veterans. They've been in business 10 years, 15 years, in some cases 20 years. And they still don't know how to scale talent because they haven't learned how to either get out of their own way or learn how to lead. What's the secret for you boys? How many team do you have, firstly? A team, 39. 39? Yeah. Okay, right. Um, I think the biggest thing, and it has to come from the top down, the work for us, the most important thing. So we don't look at it as a traditional cookie cutter. Okay, if you have these preconceived talents, then you're just good. Yeah. 
you have to be there to work and to love to work every single day because it comes from the top down yeah, and right. it doesn't just, you know what, let's just get these people who have all the talent and just hope for the best and hope they are the right person for that. Yeah, no, right. it comes from a deep understanding from us to then understand, okay, this and we like work harder than everybody. Yeah. That's what sort of drives the, the people and everybody else to then strive for that goal. So I'm going to assume you've got a reasonable turnover rate. Because I know... Um, at the start, we did. And yeah. the thing is, we've gone through a lot of stuff that is super talent. But what Alex said, the work ethic, and the reason we pick work ethic over talent is if the talent's not willing to work, things change that quickly. Facebook advertising, the back... Just think of Facebook itself. The back end and the way you run ads changes every single day, week, every single month. It's constantly changing the platform, whether it's a micro change or a massive change. You have to stay on the pulse. We're constantly adjusting budgets on that. So if you're talented, but you're not willing to work, you're going to be a disaster for us. But if you're not talented and you're willing to put in the work and constantly learn and stay Every on top day. of it, yeah. you're going to be the absolute best for us. Because it's interesting. I hate using the word staff because to me staff is a pole that you use in combat to strike yeah. another person. Uh, talent you know, describes people that do what they do not because they're getting paid but because they absolutely love what they do and they love to apply themselves to it. Yeah. But one of the things that we've worked out in this business, and this has been a, uh, an issue for like oh, – it's been an observation for 20 years – we um, uh, have a reasonable turnover rate of of, of team yeah. because what we've discovered two things. First of all, people can interview really well. Like some yeah. people, are like professionals. Oh, they they come in for sure. sure. They say all the right <laughs> things. And I'll, but I, and this is the thing. This is the biggest key to why we've been quite successful um, to up until now in the way that we hire. And when we it was just us doing the hiring, it would simply be a conversation. Yeah. First and second interview, first and second round interviews was purely conversational to see how are you as a person first. Yeah. Then we get into the deep stuff. Yeah. So for us, the there's n- like we can I can always gauge and I always again it comes down to that just deep understanding. I always gauge on conversational level what type of person are you and what do you believe? How how are you as a person? Do you have the same morals and the same vision that that we sort of have, and I can always sense that from um, conversations. Yeah. And it's a part of the instinct as well. Exactly. See, I, I classify it as the high, as the high performer mm. factor. Like the high performance factor is what I'm looking for anytime I'm I'm trying to hire talent. But what I've discovered is that people either are high performers, yeah, uh, want to be high performers, or think they want to be high performers, and then they get into an environment like this and they go. Fuck. <laughs> is this what a high performer is all about? Exactly. These people are broken. There's something wrong with these people. This is not for me. You're all freaks. I'm perfectly fine <laughs> the way I am, yeah. but I'm out of here. And yeah. then you get the ones that come in and go, shit, I actually thought I was a high performer. I'm, I'm a performer, but I've been surrounded by geese. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I want that. Yeah. And then you get the ones that come in and just yeah. go, that, gr- that, that just that deep you desire to be the it? fucking yeah. best. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be the fucking best Correct. or you're pretending. 100%. And you see that. From day one, you see the way they take on tasks. It's not clock on, clock off, eight till four. Yeah, that might be your, what's scheduled in, but it's the homework, you staying in, you coming back with additional things because it's of benefit, not just to the business, but to them personally as well. So So how do you look after your team? Because obviously when people work that hard, and this is something we've experienced, if you, uh, talented people have a tendency to burn out because they don't know how to take care of themselves in every situation, unless they've got a background in professional sports. Yeah. Um, so one of the things we've learned is the importance of nurturing the talent so you don't break them. Yeah. What are some of the things that you guys have done to take care of your team in order to make sure you don't break them? Um, in terms of making sure the work, the balance is like... Yeah. How do you nurture is, your team? Is correct. And it, it, 
depends on the person, I think. Everyone's got a different work-life balance. Yep. We, we do things internally, like we do every now and then, little activities and things like that to break things up, and we ensure that the heads of each department is aware of that to make sure that people aren't necessarily just all... Like, you don't want someone sitting at the computer all day smashing out emails, even if that's what the task is. You want them to clear their mind, to think clearly, because you want every single email response to be unique, authentic, and of value. It's not just copy and pasting like a robotic job. Um, in terms of the work-life balance, making sure they do that themselves and things like that, it depends. Like you've got Justin here who his energy and his kick is the work. That's his escape in yeah. a way. That's what he enjoys so much. And that's like myself and that's like Alex. We work and life and the ba- it's all for us. It's There's all, no line. It's all one. So yeah. for us, it's very much finding the people. So for Justin, it would be like for, for us to say, hey, Justin, you need to go on holiday. You need to do this. You need to take a break. It would be like, Restraining him, it would, putting him in a straight jacket, it would be, he wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, right. So it's about for us finding the people and making sure that they are vocal with us. And in terms of rewarding the staff, it's and how do they maybe see with a young company like that? How do they believe have belief in us? It's us saying things and then those things how you manifesting. Show up. So if yeah. we say something and it happens or it happens tenfold bigger than what we said, yeah. all of a sudden it's like okay, I believe them. Justin came on, he was motivated keen so what we did he was a hard worker but he was like he even says it to this day he was skeptical as to if what we were saying was going to be true mm. were we gonna, just going to be a flash in the pan we get that all the time yeah and it's like okay small little ticks small little checks work do we work hard yes we do he's like okay these guys aren't just the guys who come in flash pretend that they they work and then then they're out but we work harder than every single person in the office so he ticked that off the box then he goes okay are we going to turn this over we'd hit bigger sales than we predicted and then again, and then again, then again, proof of concept, proof of concept, proof of concept. And then all of a sudden you're drinking the same Kool-Aid, you buy it into the brand and then you're the same. He's now vocal for the brand. He's now predicting things. He's now going for exactly what we're going for. And as we build an army of people like that. I love it. It's unstoppable. One of the things that we did uh, is we um, we noticed high performers working stupid hours. Some of our guys, our filmmakers, will be in here like 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. God, yeah. And so we started to realize that, uh, that there's a there's a direct impact on li- like lifestyle, diet, mm. nutrition, supplementation, hydration. So one of the things that we've been doing now for almost two years is we provide full range of supplements for all of our team. Uh, and we also give them the opportunity every week we do shops. And so they can order whatever they want for breakfast and they can That's order awesome. whatever they want. They can't not, – I'm not talking fucking delivery. I'm talking, okay, if you want – it's got to be healthy. Yeah. No sugar in the office. Okay. Unless it's hidden in your desk somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but these guys have the ability to put it in order every week and go, well, you know, I want to I wanna be able to ha- make this for breakfast. I want to be able to make That's this awesome. for lunch. That's awesome. Um, and they, and they, they fucking do. That is good. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's just one of those things because one of the things I've identified um, is high performers – Especially not if if they don't come from a sporting background, they don't always know how to look after them. Correct, so yeah. that is that is a very very good point. And videographers yeah. that you touched on, that's a oh, that is a breed so that especially. that could be w- caught working twenty four hours at yeah. a time. Like literally, they'll be there, film, edit, film, edit. Film. This is this is really good stuff. Great stuff. I'm curious to know now. The the core of your success has really come down to your influencer strategy. We've talked about the early days of how you just approached every man and his dog that had. Was there a criteria in the early days of like a minimum? Profile number was there? Um, for us, it was location based. Right. So we we understood that it was for someone to make a decision to be interested in a brand. They couldn't just see one person, no matter how influential that person is. It has to be they have to see Pete multiple times and multiple people liking and talking about a product to then make a decision. So we we really started. To, okay, let's just focus on the east coast of Australia as right. much as yeah, possible. Right. Let's just like. Minimise distribution costs. Correct. Yeah, logistics, Multi, yeah, logistics yep. distribution. And it was a it was very likely then to have five people. So one uh, 
customer, see five people share about this new product that looks unbelievable, that everyone's saying is unbelievable, to then make a decision to buy the product. Yeah. So that was our initial um, understanding of how can we really, how do we be smart in the first three months with as many people as we can? And we just, okay, from then on, we and we knew like lifestyle-wise, it had to rep- represent lifestyle. They had to represent our brand, which we believe was lifestyle. And it was more than just uh, cosm- uh, dental and very cosmetic-based. We wanted to bring lifestyle to this industry. So you guys hit a lot of fit pros, fitness professionals, we did at the models, start. Yeah, at the yeah. Start. glamour models. Yeah, Definitely. Def- anyone, and the thing is, if they have people following them, they have an influence for a reason. Yeah. Why is that? And that's one thing that, that we're very big on. Whenever we work with influencers, we have to stress the fact, do it in your way. Don't do it in the preconceived way that you think we would want you to do. Yeah. Do it in what you what represents you and we will then be most successful. So and it's such a new, it's a new, and it's, I still, and I'm, I'm sure you guys might, I don't know, but it's such a new strategy and it's so immature in our country. I would say even worldwide. And the reason I say that, like we get stupendous levels of reach, organic, like mm-hmm. 99% of what we do is fucking organic. Yeah. But not one business in Australia has approached us and gone, would you be willing it's to do it? insane. It's fucking nuts. Like it's I'm crazy. Little, not that I would do it, but I just find it incredible. But, but, yeah. but the other thing is, yeah, like you said, it's so young that you've got leverage, right? You've got reach. Even something as simple as a cafe saying, come for a meal, video, bring the camera, yeah. film it, put it on, on Facebook when you put up an episode. And there you go. It's like yeah. little things that people just aren't that savvy. Not on a, not They're not willing thing, to yeah. give you a product that they sell for 20 bucks. They probably make that meal for $5 for free to get reach, to get some other customers in who are going to spend 20 at a pop and bring five people in spending 20 bucks. It's, they just don't think on that. And I think that's where the opportunity is. It's like right now, 6% of, you know, there's 66, 64, 66 million uh, small business pages on Facebook. 6% are advertising. You that's, know, yeah. it's nuts, it's right? It's insanity. But it's almost. But if you were to then account for how many pages are actually doing influencer marketing, it would be a fraction yep. of a fraction of a fraction of a percent. So right now, this is where the opportunities are, and I think that's where you boys are really complete standouts. Is you, this really is going to be like in, in five years' time? I think a lot yep. of the opportunity is going to potentially be lost. Five to ten years. Ten years. Okay, everyone's oh, yeah. going to be. Yeah. It would have been saturated. And we would have moved on to the next thing. So I'm curious to know now, as your strategies evolved, you know, initially you started to identify, um, you know, people that were aligned based on location. Uh, but now, how has the strategy evolved? Um, well, a lot more, like, while it is young, the influencers switched on. Because yeah. they still are getting hit up by a group of brands rather than a limited number. Um, so they're, a lot more are starting to charge. You have to be a bit more savvy and witty because we're not just competing on, obviously anyone can come in and pay an influencer more. What do we have on our end? What are yeah. our strengths? Let's look at our strengths. We've got reach. They're shared on our page. We've got reach and we've got an audience now bigger than the majority of the influencers. Because what's your Facebook? What's your our Facebook in- number is one point something million. Yep. And the the Instagram number is, I think, close to 700 Seven. or 700,000. Yeah, 700,000. And that in, it's, <laughs> that in itself Which is, uh, is like you built a $60 million business of 700,000 you know, followers exactly. on Insta. One million followers on Facebook. Exactly. Most people who have a million followers on Facebook can't even make seventy grand. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So just yeah, just quickly, the reason why we are so successful in influencer marketing is because we have a clear objective of what we want to achieve. Yeah. It is to. For what is now, the objective? To create a brand. Yeah. Right. And they are the ones to push us and represent us on a brand level. Yep. 
Are we looking directly to make a direct sale from anyone? Absolutely not. Never, ever, ever have we looked and said it has to. Does it? It has. There has to be an understanding of what is your objective that you want to achieve this. If you understand that as a, as a business, it's very easy to then grow that very, very, very quickly. Where if you're trying to limit it down something that's almost impossible, you won't. You won't succeed as well as what what you can if you okay. Get the objective as soon as you possibly can. So you're now working with the bigger influencers. Yep. You know, you're working with uh, the Kylie Jenners. You're working with the um, is it all the Jenner girls? Uh, Kylie and Kendall. Kylie, Kylie and Kendall. Kendall. Okay, Conor McGregor. Yeah. Uh, what are some other big names you're working with? Um, they're definitely our biggest. We've worked with other athletes. Um, so we work with. We're actually, off the back of Conor, we had a lot of athletes hit us up. So, yeah, right. Um, Socceroo players, so players for the Australian football team, um, NRL players. Basketball is overseas. And who's hitting you up? Are they hitting you up directly or the management? The, with them, it was them directly. But I I I'm going to assume it's the younger NRL players. It's, the young, it's, the it's younger. definitely the younger players. Yeah. So a lot of the younger guys, after seeing Connor, social proof, they're like, oh, I want to get my hands on this product. So in exchange for a product, we'll, we'll do some posts. So that worked well for us as well. Um, we are currently in talks with a few other bigger names, but we can't obviously mention just yet because we haven't really secured anything, but we're constantly looking and thinking, where's the attention? Who's got the attention of our target market and how can we, how can they benefit our brand? So how do you approach, okay, because in the early days, you were yeah. just, you were, you were very, I'm going to, I'm going to assume it was gorilla. You were going and doing hashtag searches, looking for people yep. in your industry based on location, finding and them smashing and then that. direct message, yep. send them a direct message, say, Hey, we have a product. would like to, to get you to review it. Definitely. Okay. And in some cases I'd say, yeah, sure. Send it across. Yep. And in some cases you were doing a discount for the product. Yep. And in some cases you're giving it away for free. Exactly. Now you're hitting up the big influencers. Like I, I want to work with Conor McGregor. Yeah. Where the fuck do I start? So pretty tactically, we, with a lot of them, with a lot of the bigger names, like the Kardashians, it was a lot of, talking to a few influencers and working with a few and then getting contacts off the back of that yeah, right. with say Connor, Google and LinkedIn, finding out who are the right people to talk to. It's the access is there. Connor yeah. McGregor's agent. What's the agency? How do you get in touch? And then organizing phone calls. And, and I've seen like the photo of you partying with, with uh, Connor. With Connor. Yeah. Did, have you had the time to, did you get any opportunity to connect with the guy? Or? For a little bit, for a few minutes, we did have yeah. a bit of a chat about the product and things like that. The guy, like he loves, loves it. We send him the toothpaste and the gels every single month for him and his girlfriend and yeah, his right. coach. So <laughs> they're all getting the product there. <laughs> uh, notorious. That's yeah. fantastic. No, he's a legend. He's, he's got a character. So too. did you guys deal with Chris Jenner when you're working with the Kardashian girls? We did, yeah. Directly? She... They've got a team. Yeah. We did do. We dealt with her to get it over the line. So yeah. she basically says yes or no. Because at the end of the day, you could off throw whatever money you want at these people. Money, yes, it is what they are looking for. But at the but same they're time, brand, they're looking at the same thing. You guys, they don't want to diminish their brand. Exactly. He's a brand, and she's a brand. Yeah. What do they stand for? Is this brand going to diminish their brand? If it doesn't, if it aligns with their brand, then okay, let's get it across the line. And did you guys do telephone negotiations with Chris? Yeah, over the phone. What, what's she like as a as a negotiator? She's a genius and she's hard. Yeah, she's hard. She knows exactly what she wants. They're they're so smart. Like just the other week, the Super Bowl was on. Kylie had the baby a few days before that. She releases the baby news on the day of the Super Bowl, where the most attention is. She hadn't posted for a few months. It's like they just they just get attention and they get how people work and they get how to stay relevant. Okay, so let, let's let's now move across to to social media. Yeah, like social media, it's changing the game. You know, even for old God, fellas yeah. like me, <laughs> uh, it's changed the game. Like when you actually use it. So for someone who's perhaps looking to start a business or they're already in business, what would be your advice when it comes to social media? 
I think it's figuring the key to social media is figuring figuring out where the attention is and understanding how people work. So reverse engineering, what is your objective and how would you get them to do that? Is it to get more likes on the photo? Okay, to get more likes on this photo, I've posted a photo like this. I'm at the wharf over, I'm at the Sydney Harbour. I'll search Sydney Harbour on the um, the geotags, see what photos are ranking for the top, the top picks. Okay, these types of pics. It's got the Opera House and the Harbour Bridge in the background. So I'll post a pic of me, same location, pictured similarly because they're clearly getting a bit of interaction. They're standing out. Then use the right hashtags and then get people to like that post. Is it to grow your following? Okay, collaborations. Maybe you have to collaborate with people within that field. Um, And just, yeah, basically reverse engineer what you want, understand where the attention is and then pretty much execute. Fantastic. You, you got anything to say on social? On social, for us anyway, the, the biggest game change, and I think it, it's a you have to really work towards it and really work to understand it is the Facebook ad platform. Yeah, well, I think you, you nailed something there. It's a long game, right? For and a sure. lot of people are treating this like it's going to be you know, a quick win. We learn every single thing we know, and yeah. every success is from 100 failures every yeah. day. Every day. Well, put it this way, on our personal brand, we put up a video every single day on YouTube, Un, like it's not pushed it's just it's put out there and myself and Alex have had been in multiple articles you mentioned AVR things like that we've put a bit towards our personal brand pushing a bit of budget on Facebook advertising our videos at the moment are getting a thousand views every day which looks minuscule in comparison to the money we've put towards building our brand also the interviews the time the effort that we put towards doing things it's still only getting a thousand views per day but for us that's really good that's Exactly, but for others, they see a thousand, but then they see Tammy Hembra, who on her vlogs, or Logan Paul overseas, who's getting three million a day, five million a day. So for us, even though we've got the business like Highsmile, we're still able to pull back to the startup mentality and be like, "This is just we've just started. This is really good." And I think that's that's a that's a real key in staying lean is that startup mentality, God, yeah. never yeah, losing that. You know, um, Jim Collins calls it uh, productive paranoia, mm. where at no point do you ever get fucking comfortable, and you are no, constantly no. thinking, "I could be put out of business tomorrow." Exactly. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the the, the nightmare memorandum, the, the nightmare nightmare memo that um, Bill Gates sent to uh, his no. entire team. I think it was in. Uh, they just had their biggest year at Microsoft in the history of the company okay. uh, Apple was struggling and he sent this memo to the whole team going I had a nightmare last night and the nightmare was we get completely destroyed by Apple all these people come in and they have just finished their big year everyone's at a big yeah, high yeah. and he comes and he just uh, some people look at it and go wow he, he crushed the spirit he yeah. goes no let's get fucking humble let's yeah. stay humble that's exactly that's the thing back to the thing that I sort of use is like Pat yourself on the back, but then straight away kick yourself in the ass. Don't get complacent just like, oh, you're so good. You're really good. Because you're going to naturally get people, especially if you put yourself out there, you're going to get media outlets and things sort of buttering you up and it sounds good. It's a nice fairy tale story. Two young guys from the Gold Coast turned over this much money. Oh, my God, it's amazing. But it's like, kick yourself in the bum. Keep going. Like, it's not that that's motivating. You want to be the best at what you do. Keep going. And the more we look at it, the more that we – it's like – when we really break it down, we're doing 0.1% right. There, I, <laughs> I promise you, I'm yeah, not I'm exactly talking shit. No, yeah. 0.1% we are doing right. Yeah. There is this massive area that we still do so, 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 so wrong. And it's only because we love to look and find how do we take us and make us better. Yeah, Success R- blunts you. It doesn't make you sharp. You know, you Very easily, I could flip it and say, "Oh, we're doing ninety nine percent right." Yeah, yeah. Very easily. Yeah. But it's you have to if you want to be, if we want to be the biggest company that 
Australia has ever seen, we have to have that mindset every single day and be consistent with it. So, so I'm going to jump back a little bit before I jump forward. You talked about the ad platform, the Facebook ad platform, which I think is the greatest invention in the history of marketing. 6% of fucking businesses advertise on it, which is just nuts. Insane. Uh, I'm not shocked by the ads that I see. I'm shocked by the ads that I don't see. Now, I don't see my local hairdresser. I don't see my local mechanic. I don't see a local accountant. You know, you, you see the same crap up there yeah. pretty much all the time. Exactly. What is it that you've fundamentally learned about the platform that, would, that you could say that would make someone go, shit, maybe I need to have a, actually have a look at this? I think the key is, well, the thing for, to get people to look at it is the attention on Facebook is ridiculous. Every single person has a Facebook account and every single person mindlessly scrolls on that account. Now, to have a successful account, it's how do you, within the noise of memes, little cat videos and things like that, how do you have a thumb stopper piece of content? Oh, I like that thumb stopper, yeah. So how you're on Facebook, especially me, Instagram, maybe I'm a bit more sort of diligent and gentle with it and I want to see the photos. Facebook, I'm mindlessly scrolling until something catches my eye. How does your advertisement, how does your piece of content stop their thumb? So with little tactics, breaking down things, testing, A-B testing, the same type of content but styled differently. And then that's how you can become successful on Facebook. How important is a thumbnail on a promotional piece? Very important. How important is the headline? Important. Okay. Every, for us, every, every single every single detail is important. Minuscule detail has to be. Okay. Every mind, every But that's not detail. from us saying we just know it because we know it. That's from, again, we testing. know it because exactly. we're measuring. Like, mind, like insane amount of testing. In the last two and a half, two years, how much we've tested it. It's insane. You've got how to much think of every scenario, hard coding subs, testing that out because some people, if you're somewhere where it's silent, if you're at work or at a, at a bus stop or in a library, you're not going to listen to that full blast. They're not going to watch it when they get home. So you need to cater for them. Maybe 85% of people watch videos on Facebook in Thailand. But this exactly. is what I want to challenge new businesses on, on new p- people starting a new business. For you to test and for you to fail, it takes time more than it does money. Mm. It takes mo- like a crazy amount of time, not just to create the piece, but then create the piece and then learn and figure out why it's doing either very well or why it's doing not so well. That's time. That doesn't take, yeah, it takes a bit of budget that you put to it, but it's more time than it is anything else. And that's what I feel people don't put enough in. And do you think time. it's because they don't have the patience? Because they, Yeah, I think patience. The, the, the patience instant mentality? Instant gratification. The it's, microwave success? The spoil, yeah. yeah. Microwave success, happy meal diets. Yep. Like if something's a flash in the pan or something's super appealing, people would rather grab to the happy meal success, how to lose weight in one week rather than how to sustain a diet and how to lose your life and and maintain it. And you nailed it. And this is what I say to people. Don't make your business, don't don't treat your business like a fucking diet. Don't treat your business like (laughs) a a fucking event. It has to be a lifestyle. You're either in it or you're not. You're 100%. Or you're not. You see the people, like the happy meal diets, they go, they they do something, it might be a almond diet or something, just eat almonds all week or brown rice <laughs> diet and you do it, but that's not sustainable. That's not a yeah, lifestyle. Yeah. Yes, you lost weight. Was it s- successful? Was it the objective ticked? Yes, because you've got the wrong objective. You don't actually want that. You don't actually just want to lose weight in a week. You want to live a better life. Right, yeah. Yeah. So. so I've noticed um, that you guys pivoted now into putting some focus into your personal brand. Yeah. Um, you know, And it's kind of interesting when you think about it that there have been you know, people that have been doing this for a while that, uh, that we were completely unaware of exactly. you know when you look at the the steve jobs especially and the, 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 the personal brand that i think has done it the best 
uh, unconsciously is Richard Branson. Oh, when you look at he what he's done, yeah. you know, over the years, I, I actually think he's one of the, the the greatest personal brands that this world Definitely. has ever seen Definitely. from a commercial perspective. We now have entrepreneurs who are the equivalent of movie stars today. That we've got the celebrity. Exactly. At what point did you guys make? Because a lot of I and I get this all the time. You know, plumbers, electricians, yeah. uh, lawyers. I, well, you're telling me I should become a personal brand. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, so at what point did you guys make the pivot and go, shit, we need to start investing some time and some money into our personal brand so that we've actually got something off the back of this? Because I'm going to assume at some point, are you guys building the exit at some point or is this like, no. oh, I, I love no. you. I love <laughs> like, you. This, no, is, this our is our life. life. <laughs> oh my God. Like it is literally, it's oh like. Oh my God, I love gross. these boys, honestly. But this, because so many, that mentality, built to sell, built, and I'm just like, you yeah. know what? And we I used to think that way. But it, but even like they have their objectives and they run the business the way that they run it. But yeah. it's like this is deeply, deeply. This is your life. This is, this is like yeah. and it's a life that. That's we how enjoy. we can run the true marathon. Yeah. That's why if you're running to exit, there is there is an end point. Yeah. yeah. This is running the the full Infinite, marathon. Whatever happens yeah. in between. But if our focus is to the day we yeah. are gone, it's like. When nothing matters tomorrow. Nothing so an matters investment bank day. rolls up and they go, "Okay, we'd like to write you a check for four billion dollars." Guaranteed not. Yeah. The life because the lifestyle. He thought about it. <laughs> no, no. no, no yeah. I, if there's someone, if there's one person who would, I can guarantee it. <laughs> it's too deep. <laughs> it's, there's no. There's the lifestyle. You can't buy the lifestyle that we enjoy. Yes, with the the money you could do whatever you could travel, but that. I love work. I love working, and I love the work that we're in. I love seeing other people flourish and seeing their careers go from where they were at the start to the next level, and being along on that journey and pivoting and changing and being really good at something, and then being a disaster at something else and picking up new skills. It's like everything in between. And I don't know if there's anything else in this world that would give me that satisfaction. Oh, and I completely yeah. agree. And what's interesting is early in my career, and I mean early, 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 eighteen years ago, you know, I drove a beautiful car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had like a big, extensive wardrobe. But I was literally fucking struggling. You know, I was li- fast forward now, more money than I've ever had in my life before. I dress like a bum. Okay. <laughs> I, be- I de- barely even remember to shave once. I, like, if I'm lucky, I'll shave once a week and I use clippers because it's, it's you're not hard. Let's go on. I haven't had a haircut at least six weeks. You know, I, dr- I live in a very modest house and I, the only thing that I have that I would say could hang a hat on and go, okay, I'll put some money into a car because, yeah. you know, it's exactly. stupidly fast. But, <laughs> but I think that's the difference, you know, yeah. when you, and you well, guys yeah. represent it. I see, you know, you, you dress a little bit bum like me, but you're a little bit more stylish. <laughs> than me. Yeah. Yeah. Simple, oh, are, simple stylish yeah. experience. I, 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 didn't miss it. I didn't miss <laughs> yeah. it. I was like, I can oh, see it. Simple, yes. We almost have the same tailor. So, Personal branding, you would agree it's important. Yeah. Where do you start? Um, understanding what's a, what do you want to achieve with the personal branding. For us, our personal brand, we did not want to sell more high small kits. Yeah. We did not want to start anything off the back of it. We, the, we actually started it out as a bit of a test for ourselves. It's a different form of marketing, different form of advertising. At school, public speaking was my most hated thing. Even one-on-one interaction, speaking to someone that I've never met, my most hated thing, nerves, trembling, wouldn't want to rock up to class, up to the age of 17, 18. So something like this, getting on stage, it's breaking that mold. The only way to do it is by going diving headfirst. And now I love it. I embrace it. I, I want to do it more and more. And mm, Definitely. Yeah. Hit the nail on its head. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. It started as that and now it's like, okay, it's a test. It's a challenge. How big can we get? What can we do? And we're inspiring people along the way, which and is awesome. Be- and this we've is got a-, a new beginner sort of feel for it. So we're putting ourselves so, so deep, like what you were saying before, so, so deep at the start. Yeah. And it's like 
again, the competitive nature is there. Now it's like I want to have the big – I want to have a sold-out stadium of just taught like the visions as big as you can imagine for it. So so you guys want to teach? You want to teach what you're doing? Te- not like I more just the morals of – Or share. More share. So yeah. this is what we're doing and watch what we're doing. And yeah, doing. Right. So every now and then we do talks and things like that, but we never script we, – we ne- we're not good at scripting things. Yeah. We just have to go I off the cuff. We have to, we have to make I mistakes. I just want to share – what I truly know from living this every single day. We've yeah, tried, right. we've tried script. It doesn't work. We've tried and we break. Yeah. Because the thing is, in my mentality, if I've scripted something, and if I was supposed to say good morning, my name is Nick, and accidentally I said hello, all of a sudden I've, I'm incorrect. Yeah, I'm right. wrong. <laughs> I stuffed it up, even though it made sense. I'm wrong. Whereas now I can get up and say whatever I want. I'm yeah. right because it's yeah. present tense, and that's what throws and me if, off. And with the- when we're doing that, we're just literally saying what we truly live and breathe every single day. Where it's if pure. it's scripted, it's not it's pure. pure. It's Actually, not pure and you're Someone from the team, I think, sent through Justin or Sean the, like, a range of sort of similar what, how this will run, yeah. but I didn't. I purposely didn't open it because I'm like, if I open it, I'm going to throw myself off. I'm exactly the same. Like, whenever it I go into an off. interview, I, I just don't look at the questions. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to know. I want to go in I'll there. I would rather answer. The f- I love organic, that. If you ask me something feeling. and I don't know, I would rather answer that I don't know rather than me searching something and coming in like I'm an expert. <laughs> and then you ask me something else on the back of it. Shit, I didn't use Google to find it out. So I start sweating. But now at least I'll answer what I know. I'll yeah. stay in my lane and everything else is. It's fantastic. So the personal brand, the intent behind that is just to share. Yeah, that's pure. I love it. That's absolutely fantastic. So, boys, um, first of all, where can people come and watch your journey? Because I, I think I've watched this few of your videos already. I'm loving, (laughs) I'm loving the creativity. And I love because you've only got one filmmaker, right? Yeah, one filmmaker. And you're punching out one video a day, every Every single day. day. How long is that video? Um, It it varies. On average, it's about ten minutes. So basically, we started just documenting it. Yeah. It didn't suit us. We want to be simple, stylish. And an experience. Yep. So we don't want to just document what we do. We want to make it an experience and creative. We want to let. So we're making it funny, entertaining, mixing, matching, constantly adapting. We don't have one set style. Whenever um, he edits it and it's the same for a week, if we've got the same yeah, sort of feel, I'm like, no, nah, change it, yeah. change it, jump cut, miss this. Be okay. We're okay with missing some golden nuggets. Yeah. Because at the end, of it, we're putting content every, out every single day and we can learn from it every single day. But because it's interesting, you know, because I've been challenging my uh, my video team recently. To about pump, punch, punch. punch out because we want to become more current. Like we started the social experiment almost two years ago. Yeah. But we're still 18 months behind, year behind. Okay. I won't go into the story as to how we <laughs> fell behind, but we fell behind. And I started saying, because we're not just doing uh, video vlog, uh, video blogs, we're actually doing like short, you know, inspirational videos yeah. as well. And we're, we're crushing it. They're going off, yeah. Oh, but where we're missing is the currency of the vlog. Where you at now? Yeah, exactly. And so I sat down with a team, and I was like, "Guys, this is where it's at." And they're like, "Cool, you got a choice. We can increase production, but we're going to decrease quality." Like, no, that's not the way we think. Yeah. Roger Bannister, you know, the four-minute mile was considered fucking impossible for decades exactly. and, until he did it in the next twelve, like literally two days. I think it was a week, <coughs> six days later, another fucking dude did it. Next twelve months, you know, six other people did it. And so, and I said to the guys, "What's your four-minute mile?" Because exactly. right now, you're not limited by what you can produce. You're limited by what you can think you can think produce. That's the thing: breaking yeah. the mold and finding ways. We it was a challenge at the start, and the biggest thing is. Each videographer, every creative has their own way of doing things. Yeah. It's about breaking that mold as well and figuring out what's the most efficient yeah. way to get the good quality piece out. Because I literally went into the video, boys, and I was like, boys, these guys are putting a blog out every day <laughs> and they've got one fucking dude. Yeah. What's the problem? Pull it from both ends yeah. at all times, consistently, like how we run the business, how we do our personal brands, how we do anything we do. How do we pull extremely from both ends? Yeah. How do we produce content every day and how do we make it interesting every day? Last question. We're over time, but fucking love this <laughs> We're going to get you boys back. We've got yeah, some, some other stuff. Round we're going to two. Do Let's together. see where we're up to. Uh, how do you, do you guys manage a relationship outside of business? Yeah. 
Yeah, I've got a partner. Alex has a partner too. So how? And again, I hear this all the time. You know, you guys yep. are clearly on the younger end mm-hmm. of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to assume not looking, maybe not engaged yet, not in not no engaged, kids yeah. yet. Okay, mm-hmm. that you know of. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you manage a healthy relationship when you're working so hard? Balance. There's nothing more that really sums up a lot to what we do in balance and even the pulling from both everything that we do and every right decision that we make is with balance if you if you focus on balance you make the right decision and i like what um i think gary gary vaynerchuk says where it's like it's not the time that you spend it's the quality of the time that you spend it's being fully there so when i'm with my partner with my family it's me there whereas a lot of people are there physically but not there emotionally not invested not truly there and I think that's it. And it's about the partner as well, understanding the perspective and understanding what's what's involved with it. So how can people follow the personal journey? Where, they, where can they go to? Because yeah. it's Nick, Nick and Alex. Nick and Alex. So it's basically, the show is called Growing Up with Nick and Alex. We post every single day, week weekdays only. So Monday to Friday at 4 p.m. Queensland time. So what's that? 5 p.m. now that's Daylight Savings here in New South Wales. <laughs> um, and, and that's, that's on YouTube. That's on YouTube. Yep. Um, you can visit our website, www.nickandalex.com.au. So we post, again, the content is posted on our website as well you can apply for jobs read up a bit more about us any events that are coming up that we're going to be speaking at or attending will be posted on that as well and for everyone out there with uh, yellow teeth that needs to smile a little bit brighter where can they go to find out how to smile like a conor mcgregor you boys have really fucking white teeth (laughs) (laughs) um yeah just hit us a high smile if you search high smile on instagram facebook wherever it is you'll find you, you'll see it. You'll see it. It's fucking everywhere. Let's be it's honest. It's everywhere. We'll probably find you before you yeah, find Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Nick and Alex, boys, thanks so much for Thank being here. Thank much. you so much for having us, Kelly. Fantastic. There you have it, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Unstoppable with me, your host, Kerwin Ray. And do me a favor. Don't forget to drop me a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear what you think. I love reading what you guys have to say. And your reviews make sure we keep creating killer content just like this. If you want to stay up to date with me and all my movements, please jump onto the website, kerwinray.com. And also check us out on social media at Kerwin Ray.